0: Hello and welcome to the Promo Noise Podcast. You are joining part three, the final part of a three-part series featuring the super talented Lisa Fosdick, who is also a Renaissance woman with vast experience when it comes to all things promotional advertising. In part one, you heard her talk about Tribe Socks, In part two, it was all about branded treats. And in this special edition, part three, I have saved the most mysterious for last. Lisa is going to explore that mysterious world of NFTs and cryptocurrency. I'm not gonna tease you any longer. We are getting right into this episode, so I hope you enjoy as much as I did. Here it comes. Let's launch into our next topic, which we may end up putting in a part two, who knows, right, right, but right. I, am, I am so eager to get to this part and I, I have loved everything we've been discussing so far, but this part of the conversation, I get to be a student and I love being the role of a student. I love researching. It's something that I'm passionate about, so I can't wait to learn from you. You have become an aficionado, an expert of sorts in this world of crypto, in this world of blockchain, in the world of NFTs. And before we define what those things are, can you let me know, because I don't even know this, how did you go from, you know, industry expert to this person who is driven to want to learn and use and educate about these things that I've just been discussing? How did
1: this happen? So that's such a good question. Um, I think you hit on it a little bit. I love learning. I've always been the type of person that I always want to be like, what's next, what's next, what's new, what's new? And in 2013, I I actually cut this article out of the paper. I I read the Wall Street Journal every day, you know, the actual paper. And there was an article in there about Bitcoin And this was 2013, before anyone even knew the word or what it was. And something drew me to that article. And I went on this search to figure out how to buy Bitcoin. And I figured out how to use Coinbase. Coinbase had just launched. um, And I just started buying Bitcoin. Alex, I don't know what made me do it. I don't know. I'm not a technical person. I don't know what drew me to this idea of a new way to transact in the world, but there was something about the idea of um, accessibility and, and accessibility I'll talk about in a second, because it really wasn't accessible back then. Um, okay. But a bankless society where anyone in the world could actually um, transact with Bitcoin, that was what drew me to it initially. So Um, I took the journey, you know, I bought and sold Bitcoin a bunch of times. I've made a bunch of mistakes. Um, I started buying Ethereum when that was released and then Litecoin. And now I own about 20 different currencies that I, I hodl, hold on for dear life. This is what that means. I I hold a bunch that I never sell, um, that I stake and I earn money on. And then I have a, a, a little group that I buy and sell for fun. Um, but I look at the use cases. So my journey started by reading an article in the paper and just taking a chance. Now, for the first eight years, I didn't know anybody else who owned Bitcoin. I would try to talk Mm -hmm. to people about it in the industry, outside the industry. Um, Their eyes would glaze over, you know, uh, my colleagues, Trina at HPG, I'd mention it to her, you know, and and I would. Initially when I first heard about it I was director of marketing for the British Beer Company and I wanted them to take payment in bitcoin and 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 Gary who owned the company was like no I don't even know what you mean or what you're talking about so <laughs>
0: um
1: but recently in the past 2 years again since covid NFTs blockchain crypto has accelerated um, so during that time, I took some master classes and got certified in blockchain um, and NFTs, and have continued my education. Uh, joined a group called XR Women that's in the immersive world, immersive events, in the immersive environment. Founded NFTs for charity with Jerry Barker of Barker Specialties. Um, we we founded that a year ago. We we learned that we were each interested in it, met in Foxborough, Mass and spent a whole day creating this business that we've worked on for the past 12 months. So it's kind of taken on a life of its own, Alex, but ultimately the the initial thing was I wanted to learn. I wanted to see where this was going to take us as a society and um, just have fun with it and try to find a community. So, Now I joined the Boston Blockchain Association. I've been a speaker. I did um, uh, training for Promo Bites with Promo Corner. Um, I was interviewed with Vince Driscoll and Meg Erber and uh, just did an interview with Vince yesterday, a a follow-up interview. Um, So it's becoming more accepted, more talked about in the industry Snugs launched an augmented reality experience at at ASI. I mean at PPAI in Vegas, which is really cool. So I'm saying a lot of things at once, but that was the journey. That one newspaper article, and because I'm not technical, Alex, it took me a couple months to figure out how to buy Bitcoin with Coinbase, and you had to upload your passport. And your license, and people thought it was, you know, the dark side. Like it was all money laundering and all this crazy stuff. Um, but-
0: Incredible. <laughs> let, let let me interject just for a couple of seconds. You've said you've said a few things here that that have kind of blown my mind. Uh, one of which is your association with Jerry Barker, whom I think is just one of the greatest people I've met in the industry. A person with a heart of gold. Yeah. And I have the utmost respect for him and his organization and his people. And to know that you're partnering with him on an NFT charity concept is just heartwarming. I can't wait to learn about this. This is incredible. Um, But let's do this. Before we get crazy far here, can you explain to people what crypto is and, and how that relates to blockchain. Like people hear blockchain, they hear crypto, and then we could perhaps move into NFT in terms of what sure. NFT is. as an offshoot of, of crypto and blockchain technology.
1: Yeah, so I think of uh, blockchain as the highway and crypto as the cars that travel on the highway, if I were to think okay. of it sort of in a basic term. And it's hard to okay. explain quickly, Alex. Like I give a whole hour and a half Webinar on it, but I'll use Bitcoin as as an example. Um, what happens with Bitcoin is it's it's math problems that are solved by computers, and okay. when a math problem is solved by the computer, that computer or that miner earns Bitcoin, the currency. Okay. And the transaction that's being solved a transaction that happens on the bitcoin blockchain gets a hash um, which is a long numerical number assigned to it so that's its identification mark and those transactions are aggregated into a block and the hashes and the blocks are chained together so the beginning and the ending of the hash Fit with the next hash. So they all fit together. So if a transaction happens and the computers can't solve it, then they reject that transaction. And that's why you don't get duplicate transactions or people spending the same Bitcoin multiple times. So that's one way cryptocurrency is created by, by validating transactions on the blockchain. Those people get paid in cryptocurrency and then people start buying and selling the cryptocurrency and then the cryptocurrency becomes available to everybody to buy and sell and trade.
0: I see. And one of the things I've heard... (laughs) It, it makes a lot of sense, and it, it seems to me that there's an inherent security built into it, given the complex nature of these mathematical equations that are being solved. Right? That's right. Am I, am I correct? That's right. And so, so the, the the next question that I have with regard to the 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 currencies um, are is uh, what was my question with regard to it? Um, well, oh let's
1: take Ethereum as as a different example. The Ethereum blockchain actually supports lots of other currencies and lots of other platforms and blockchain. It's almost like a foundational um, blockchain that other people build things on top of. Um, okay. Like when you buy an NFT, the most common currency that that NFT is paid for with is Ethereum. Now, more like cryptos are, are coming up.
0: For those that don't know, what's an NFT?
1: An NFT is a non-fungible token, (laughs) which is such a funny, funny word. It makes me laugh every time I say it, non-fungible token. But what that means is it's not fungible. It can't be divided into smaller pieces. So it's a one-to-one relationship. So when you, an NFT is really a, what I consider a digital signature or a fingerprint that identifies a transaction and verifies Mm. ownership of something. Mm. So people use the word NFT to describe art or describe music. That piece of data is actually not the NFT. It's the transaction that's minted on the blockchain when you take ownership of that piece of data that's actually the non-fungible token.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. So it's it's that which is behind the actual property.
1: Yeah. It's it's like a provenance or, you know, I, I continue to use this description of a digital signature or fingerprint because it's unique to that transaction and it can't hmm. be changed. Um, there is technology developing to fractionalize ownership. But yeah. that doesn't mean the NFT becomes fungible. It's still non-fungible. And smart contracts are written into the NFT to make different things happen. Now, minting a piece of art is a very simple smart contract and a very simple minting of an NFT. But if you had a real estate contract or you had a more um, complex um event that was happening then that smart contract would be much more complex and a smart contract is really code that's written on the Mm. blockchain
0: it almost seems and this is just off the top of my head that what lies beneath the actual product is a lot like what lies beneath the expression of who we truly are in the sense that what we truly are is consciousness and so you might say that what you are owning is the consciousness behind the actual product that you're purchasing mm-hmm. or that you're trading. That's it's it's a really interesting concept. So let's, Let's talk about how this all relates to the potential of the the, the promotional products industry. So, is anyone transacting with crypto? That's an easy place to begin. Let's start there. Is anyone transacting? That is an awesome awesome question.
1: And I'm going to say, anyone listening to this podcast, if you are transacting in crypto, message me.
0: (laughs) I I don't
1: know of anybody transacting in the industry with crypto right now, Alex. Um, famous use cases are overstock.com. They've been accepting, uh, cryptocurrency as payment for years and actually Mm. made a ton of money by, uh, taking payment in Bitcoin and hodling or holding on to their Bitcoin on their balance Mm -hmm. sheet. And as, Mm -hmm. uh, Bitcoin increased in, in price, you know, they, they really, you know, made a lot of money doing that. People can Google that story. Um, but I think there's still a, a, a A reluctance. And I get that. It's complex, Alex. It's not super easy to take payment in crypto. Um, There are companies that are middleware like Bloomy and Circle. Um, So it's doable. It just requires a commitment to it. And something that people don't realize is you can convert your crypto immediately into fiat if you choose to, or you can hold some of the crypto on your balance sheet as an investment. And, and convert the rest to cash. So you have mm. choices when you take payment in crypto. And I am I not see. a finance expert, but someone on my, my Vertex team that I started a, a company with Meg Erber where we're consulting on these topics, Alex, um, Lynn Marler is a finance guru in this space. And um, she can speak to the financial aspect of it much deeper than I can. But on the surface, um, it's doable, it's accessible. Um, I don't believe the adoption is there yet. I don't think even if a supplier or a distributor accepted payment in crypto, that they would see a lot of traffic in that way of payment yet.
0: Yeah, I I can imagine that. And I, I certainly can appreciate that as well. Let's talk then about something that I think can translate in the very near future if it isn't already. And that's the idea of incorporating NFTs into our product offerings. Yes. So if if you're a cutting edge supplier, are you not saying to yourself, like, why am I not creating NFTs here and actually selling them? Like, you know, we create unlimited amounts of products. As suppliers, we are constantly on the lookout for the newest and the greatest idea. So, wouldn't it behoove the smart supplier to begin creating NFTs that can be sold and marketed? And who's doing this? Yeah, and, so I, I, be doing?
1: I think so, Alex. And um, that was part of the topic of discussion with Vince on the interview earlier today. Um, I think maybe there are some suppliers working on things, but they don't want to share yet because it's kind of a race, like like how the web internet was back in the day. Snugs made the splash at the show. And Optographics, I think, also has an augmented reality, um, interactive experience with their drinkware. Um, X has quoted two suppliers on projects, but I can't share any details of those, um, but we're okay. working towards um, closing those con- consultation agreements so we can get going and get things launched. One is targeted for East, you know, the Easter time frame, which is coming up quick. Um, so for me, if I were to share with you where I think the sweet spot is for the industry, it's around immersive trade shows and experiences like golf events
0: It's Mm -hmm. around
1: digital apparel that can be branded and added to company stores where you can get. And I like to use the tribe socks analogy. We haven't gotten this far yet, but what I'd love to see happen is a QR code on the socks. You scan the QR code, brings you to a landing page. you You take ownership of your NFT, of your socks that are minted on demand. So... It's, a, it's called a generative art project, Alex, where okay. it might be 10,000 socks are pre-designed with an artist and a computer, a, a developer algorithm, where yes. the different traits of the socks emerge on minting. So you don't know what you're going to get until your socks are born when you win them <laughs> and they does might, this mean that,
0: that you could fly with some of them yeah. or some of them might make you run really quickly yeah, or is that, that would what, be the, that, that would
1: be okay. the aspirational goal it's no, tech's not there yet um okay. that's like interoperability in the metaverse where you could use your nft in different environments Um, But for right now, it might be more aligned with rarability traits, like your sock might uh, have a unique color or a unique skin to it, or like you said, might be able to run faster someday in the metaverse. So you would build in these rarability traits. So when you're when you revealed your pair of socks, no two are going to be the same and they're going to be identified by an NFT that you own. And you take possession of in your MetaMask wallet or another wallet, which we can talk about another day. How do you even take possession of your NFT Um, and how do you display it? But to connect the dots in the industry, that's what I'd love to see happen. QR code, you go to a generative art project, um, you're either given it for free or you buy it and maybe there's a charity component to it. And then maybe you can use that NFT. It's called utility, where you give you might give you access to a club of people who love socks, and mm. we might hold events in the metaverse for people who love socks, and you have to own the NFT to go to that event.
0: Like the- so, let me throw this. Let me throw this idea by you then. So I, I love this idea, this this concept of of how it works in in the metaverse. So I want to make it super simple for people. And I think that most people can understand and appreciate the concept of an avatar. Right. Mm -hmm. And we see those. um, If we're in outlook, you, you have the option to put your picture uh, next to your name. Whenever you get an email, you see Lisa's picture Mm -hmm. and they're like, well, there's Lisa's avatar. Right. And that avatar can be cartoon. Like it can be realistic. It can be any way we want to make it. So in doing so, I'm, I'm I'm trying to explain the concept of an avatar to people here, and then <clears throat> what we might do, and what I what I could see happening in the industry is, say, a, uh, an apparel supplier, for instance, begins creating clothing for the avatar that we've created, mm-hmm. right? And so my employer might buy everyone in the in the company clothing for their avatar, and yeah. we might say, well, what's the purpose of that? Like, like, hey, why do I need that? Well. Why do people play Pokemon? Why 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 are people interested in trading cards? Um, it's it, it's it's just there is an interest in being creative, and I think one can be creative in the digital realm by clothing or or adding accessories to their avatar. And the interesting thing about it, if you think about it, is that those that are crazy creative are going to begin to accumulate different outfits and different looks and different Absolutely. styles. Yeah. And suppliers that are creative are going to create a catalog of digital offerings. Yeah. And it might not be all that crazy expensive to create them, but you might be able to create a market that is a gateway to physical products. Agreed. And so yeah. I, I, I can see it a day and a time, and I bet you it's already happening, in which our, our predilections towards creativity on the digital side make their way into the physical world, if you know what I mean. I do. So-, so so, so you know, in essence, we become Joseph with this Technicolor dream coat, you know, yeah. just building and creating, and 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 just look <laughs> at me here, and and eventually that translates to the physical because we gain uh, confidence in in our clothing, in our image, uh, in the, in the digital realm, and the mind. The subconscious mind specifically knows no difference between imagination and reality. So if we start clothing ourselves in an imaginational realm, uh, in an imaginary realm, then I see it moving over to the physical. And there will be a day when men are wearing dresses and crazy colors and just things that we don't tend to do today because we've experimented in the digital realm. Yeah. And so... I just see a world of opportunity here for NFTs. Um, Do do you share that opinion? Do you see that happen?
1: Yeah, that vision, Alex, I hadn't really thought about it in the way that you are referencing, taking away the barrier of what we think we're supposed to wear and making it open (laughs) to, to wear whatever you want. Like, like you can create your own outfit, your colors, even with your avatar, your hair color, your eyes. Um, the creative freedom is staggering. And and I think that's what you're alluding to is that it gives us all the freedom to create our own image. And I think that's really awesome. And the idea of the digital apparel in the industry, yes, that's what I'm hoping our industry opens its mind to because that could be the next evolution of recovery from COVID is to Mm -hmm. transition into this idea of immersive experiences or augmented reality experiences that we attend as avatars, it's never going to replace in-person experiences. But what it allows Alex that I love about it is people from all over the world can gather together as avatars where you don't have to fly people there. Like I played golf, uh, ready player golf at a charity event in the metaverse And the four people in my foursome were from all over the world. Um, So you expand your ability to interact, collaborate, you know, be creative and meet in this way that's a bridge between Zoom, you know, Mm. you see someone on Zoom, but now you're actually walking and living and experiencing an environment with people from anywhere in the world. And I find that like, so cool and engaging and fun. So that's where I would love to see the in, the, the industry be that bridge for brands. As I said, not yeah. replace physical, uh, uh, you know, 100%, but be at an additive to it, to add to it. You know, you can't go to a show like, say, for example, at PPAI, there was an immersive opportunity at the show for everyone who couldn't go. They could have met at, at a at a concert or a cocktail party in the metaverse as avatars, and we could have all hung out together for an hour or two and have felt like we were there. Or there was a, a component of an immersive trade show that went along with the physical trade show. For people who just couldn't get there, so I see it as a complementary experience to the physical.
0: Yeah, I I, I share that that philosophy. Um, I can, or I, at least I can see and I can envision that philosophy for sure. It's uh, it's so interesting to think about, and I just think about this notion of almost becoming superhuman as we as we really accessorize and add to the possibilities. And we'll do that in the imagination, which to me is really terrific because the imagination knows no bounds. And we have set all these boundaries, unfortunately, for ourselves in the physical realm. And uh, I, I think for the majority of us, we won't ever escape them, but we can in the digital realm. The other interesting thing, too, is it is a training ground to... Um, for smart businesses to be able to entrench a new population or a new segment of the population and introduce them to the other aspects of their company Mm -hmm. through the digital first. And I think of a company, I think it's OTB that owns diesel and many different fashion houses and they Uh, are clothing avatars. They have a whole vision, right? Yeah. And so who are you you catering to? You're catering to my kids, right, right? Who, who are online, who are dressing their avatars in these digital clothing properties. And it stands to reason that they're going to understand who those brands are. So if those brands produce physical properties, physical clothing, physical whatever they end up making, there's already an indoctrination into the company. And and I I find that really interesting as well, that transition from a business perspective from digital to physical. And those that own the digital space will end up owning the physical space as well.
1: Yeah, I I think Um, there is a synergy there for sure, Alex. Um, And there are a lot of luxury brands coming out with NFTs, Gucci, Chanel, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Adidas launched something uh, yesterday or the day before, Nike. Um, It's happening. It's happening where brands are bringing together the physical and the digital. I want to go back to something you said about creativity, that being in the NFT space the way I am and, and seeing so much art, the creativity in the artwork, Alex, is the way that you can create art with digital tools is so cool. there's animation. there's the three dimension, you know, the artwork is just incredible. And so is physical art. i'm I'm a big um, admirer of physical art in in all its forms. and seeing it taken to this, imaginative level, yeah, sure, you have the cartoony ones like Bored Apes and those guys, and those are super creative and and groundbreaking in a different way. But then there are intricate, multi-layered, beautiful pieces that are being created and minted every day. So one of the things about NFTs that I love is it allows artists to bring their artwork into a more public space in a global, on a global stage, which you can't, you couldn't do with your physical art. Does that make Mm. sense? Like it gives an artist this ability now to reach a global audience of potential people who will love their art. And you still have to market in the space, Alex, The, the same principles apply to building a business and a fan base. But it just gives you a place to showcase it out of the gate. I mean, it just is really incredible to me how artists, um, at every income level, can now mint their their work. I mean, there are there are platforms when you where you can mint with no gas fees and um, have your art up there. And artists are actually able to make a living doing this, and I think that's really cool. Musicians so I, too. I,
0: Yes, absolutely. And I, I, I love that concept. I'm all about expression. I'm all about freedom. Uh, is there a fear whatsoever that in the same way that information these days is governed by the biggest tech companies and the biggest media companies, is there a fear that one day uh, crypto, and I know it's a decentralized currency, but is there a fear that uh, these same companies are going to figure it out and begin to uh, limit the freedom of expression when it comes to NFTs? Because I see that in our society today, and maybe this isn't the the, the, the most timely place to have this conversation, or maybe it is. But this is the, 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 this would be one of my fears. Look, I can see it from both sides of the equation. I love this direction because I love the creativity. I like the imagination and I'm also a naturalist. So I believe that, that as a, as a human being, um, as consciousness, I have all of that inherent in me already, no computer. And I don't need any of that to be. Absolutely connected to everything, every color, every shape, every form, every note of music that's ever been heard, never will be heard. So will that day come where where we, we see the gauntlet you know, thrown on top of this beautiful uh, vision of creativity and imagination?
1: I, I guess I don't know the answer to that. I think there's some aspect of that that's inevitable. Mm. Um, and I can't pretend to understand 100 percent what DAOs are. Uh, decentralized okay. organizations and how they function. But a lot of cryptocurrencies are run by the collective, by the community. Um, but okay. even within that model, there could be certain people who sort of take over the community. So that's a much deeper discussion, I think, Alex, for another day That or maybe with another person who's more educated on that part of it. But that does come up a lot. Like, Will this take down our financial system? Will we become one world, you know, much quicker? What does it look like? Does it mirror the stock market now? And yes, it does in many ways. Um, When the stock market's up, crypto's up. When the stock market's down, crypto's down. Um, Isn't it crazy that Elon Musk's tweet can make or break, uh, you know, a, a, a cryptocurrency like Dogecoin? So yeah that's a real concern that this environment can be manipulated in the ways that our traditional environment is also manipulated. Um, mm. so it's it's a it's a a question bearing um you know scrutiny and discussion and thought for sure
0: mm, awesome. I uh, I could go on for hours. You've just opened the Pandora's box to all kinds of questions I, I would love to ask about decentralized banking mm-hmm. and the tax implications, but we we won't go there now. Suffice to say that we're on the verge here. I think what we're doing is wetting the appetite of those that are listening to this particular podcast or audio cast or sorry video cast if you're watching it, and we're 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 opening up a world that you may or may not be familiar with. And we'd like to, I think, stretch the bounds of what we're capable of doing. That's always been my intent in the industry is to grow and to expand. And I know it's yours, which is why we're having this conversation yeah. today. I really respect your creativity in the industry and in the space. So uh, perhaps we leave it at this for now and come back to it on another day in another forum, and maybe we actually make it a, a, a complete topic of discussion. So you know what? Is there anything else we should touch on before we rock and roll, Lisa?
1: (laughs) So much we talked about, Alex. And again, thank you for allowing me this space, this chance to talk and share who I am. You know, you talked about being authentic and, um, you know, my journey over the past four years has helped me be more authentic and live Mm -hmm. an authentic life doing things that I love. Um, and I'm so grateful for that i I, I just want to say um, on this this podcast that I'm just grateful for my life and what I have and what the industry has given me and so many of us great lives you know great lives um, and lifestyles and been able to raise our families so for me I want to see our industry survive and thrive and transform and be there for the next generation of people who are coming up in the business to be able to have the great lives that we've had. So mm-hmm. that's what I like. That, that's what I want to focus on growing these businesses and looking at the technology and not have us get left behind.
0: Uh, you, you put that so eloquently and so beautifully, and I admire your authenticity and your, your genuineness, Uh, thank you for being on my show today, Lisa. I really, really appreciate your expertise, your warmth, and to everybody who's listening. I think the nature of business these days is to transact with people that you trust and people that you care about and people that you feel are authentic, who really want to work with you and who really want to help you. And so I would encourage all of you that are listening today, um, to reach out to Lisa. She's given you two email addresses. Uh, You've got uh, website addresses to to go to. And of course, if you have any questions on crypto, Lisa's a terrific resource uh, when it comes to that, uh, that sphere. So, Lisa, thanks again for being on Promo Noise today. Uh, Please, friends, join Promo Noise by going on promonoise.com. I have lots of review videos there from all kinds of different suppliers these days. There's blogs, educational resources. Subscribe to our channel. And once again, Lisa, thank you so much for your expertise, your time, your your warmth, your enthusiasm. Uh, I can't wait to connect with you again, and uh, we'll have to do it
1: sooner than later. Thank you, Alex. And I I love Almost Enlightened. Um, I listen to the Manifestation one today. Um, so, if folks on the are listening, haven't listened to Alex's Almost Enlightened, check it out. It's awesome.
0: Oh, I'm so grateful. Thank you. Almost enlightened.life is the website, and you'll find it on the Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. And that's, that's more of a spiritual one, whereas Promo Noise tends to be a bit more business minded with, uh, with my spiritual self uh, imbuing uh, Promo Noise. So thanks for plugging me, Lisa. I don't show your way. This is a testament to how kind you are and how beautiful a human being you are. I admire you, and I thank you very much. Um, we'll catch up soon, Lisa. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Alex.
0: Bye. All right. Catch you
1: soon. Bye-bye.